Yo, 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 all my no one likes the tuna people out there. You already know who it is. It's your boy, Daryl Wong. <laughs> um, and my this, guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my guy. <laughs> it's my guy, Nick Nocera. How is everybody doing today? We're okay? We're alive? We're out here. We're jumping. We're live. We're jumping, huh? We got our We're Florida. Jumping. We got our Miami Knights going. It's a party. Miami big Knights. time. Miami Knights. What's going on, Miami Knights? What's happening? I'm just talking I'm just talking too fast over here. Oh, I thought you were in Miami. I was I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did you I've never been to Miami a before? Perfect replica of your apartment in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been to Miami. Have you? What'd yeah, you do there? I did a work trip. I did um a set for it. NBC Miami. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that was interesting for sure. <clears throat> did you get to see the sights in? Uh, nope. Miami. Nope. I it's weird. I like ended up staying on the beach. Like, I was, like, right on that strip. You know that, like, whatever that famous beach is? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. On the edge of Miami. I was, like, in a hotel, like, overlooking that beautiful beach. And so, like, that was cool. But my work ended up being, like, 40 minutes inland. So I had to drive there mm-hmm. every day in, like, morning Miami traffic. Go sit in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what a news studio looks like without any scenery in it, but it's just a gray box. It's just—it's literally just like a <laughs> yeah. concrete box with no windows, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like six plugs around the edge of the studio, and that's it. So, you know, my job was to like drive in the morning, get to the studio at like eight a.m sit in a gray concrete box for 10 hours and like drive home, like eat some (laughs) hotel dinner and go to sleep. So that was my trip to Miami. It wasn't quite as, uh, it wasn't quite as exciting as too fast, too furious. The movie we watched this week for this Mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. How was, uh, how was your watch through this week? It's good. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the little uh the space we've got between episodes. It really helps yeah. um you know, build up some anticipation. Just, and I was yeah. definitely I don't into think it. we announced it formally on the last uh-huh. <laughs> last time. We we've been doing it for a while, but we did we are we're going mm-hmm. bi-weekly. We're just we mm-hmm. this shit sucks. Like we're just gonna do it every other week instead of every week. We'll still be in your listening mm-hmm. things, but we're just gonna slow down a minute. Um, for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, I think part of that reason is for you guys, the audience, mm-hmm. okay? The more and more that Nick and I do and experience outside of this podcast, the be- the more fit and that we are in uh when it comes to episode totally. recording time. Totally. I agree with that 110%. Good man. I'm a little tired. So. Why is that? <laughs> well, this is the other reason we're going bi-weekly. Um, I had a baby. Woo-hoo! Yeah, I had a baby four days ago. And listen. Mm-hmm. 
It was incredible. My wife gave birth at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was amazing. It was amazing. She was incredible. And like, we were there. And I was like right next to her the whole time. And this fucking baby. And like, I was like, I'm not going to look at this stuff. You know, I was like, I just don't want to see that. Uh-huh. But then I was like right there. And they put a little mirror down there. And I was like peeking at it. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I can't even like describe it to you. I did not feel like in control of my own body in terms of like how the day. Wow. I know that like she was doing everything and she was like so incredible and she like went and chilled outside for a while. I was like in the bathroom for a while. But me, I always like felt like in my mind, I kept being like, oh, there'll be a point where I just like sort of bounce out of here and let. Everybody take like there was a midwife there, so it was like let everybody take over. Mm-hmm. I just like didn't walk away. It was incredible, and um, wow, yeah, my little baby daughter was born, and um, she came out and she was all covered in goop, and I like didn't care. <laughs> it was incredible, <laughs> you know. It was just, like whatever, like yeah, give me her. <laughs> it was amazing. I cut her umbilical. We like waited a minute. We like delayed cord clamping, and then we brought like the rest mm-hmm. of the blood to like rush into my baby, and then we like cut the cord, and then like, it was this amazing thing. And I like sat down. On, my wife had to like birth the placenta. Do you know? Like that's the whole thing. So like they handed me my child. You know what I mean? My uh-huh. little flesh and blood, <laughs> my child. And I like sat down on this couch, and I like. Took off my shirt so I would like it was like skin to skin contact and I like held Whoa. this baby in my arms, this tiny little like six pound human being in my arms. And I was crying and I thought I I need to watch Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> which fucking sucked <laughs> like it fucking sucked to think that it sucked to think yeah. that like the moment my daughter was born you know what i mean like it really sucked it was not fun that, uh-huh. that was the thought so i was very resentful at this movie when i had to watch it yeah um, which mm. I watched on my phone while I was holding my do- my two-day-old daughter in my arms in the morning yeah. when my wife slept. So, um, yeah, but it's been a little bit of sound, a little bit of sound on on that watch through, so that uh, it starts penetrating the. Uh, you know what I did is probably not with baby at a young cinematic age. Cinematic sort of audio balance, but I did the one AirPod trick. Mm. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. You know, I don't know if that's Good. like how John Singleton would have loved like the sort of mix to be getting into his audience, but I did. Uh-huh. That's what I did. I did just the old fashioned one AirPod. Um, yeah. It's important to shield the youth from um, experiences such as these. I agree 100%. So I, I didn't have a particularly great watch through just because I was like annoyed. Like, more annoyed than I think I've ever been that I had to do this thing. Not that this movie is bad because this mm-hmm. movie is pretty good, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was my sort of event of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations, Thanks, brother. Very excited yeah. for you. Thanks. Um. Yeah. 
Very cool. I don't really want to say her name on the podcast. I don't know. Like I was, I was thinking about it today. I was like, yeah, save it, save it. Maybe later. Maybe Good. later. So yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Um. But yeah, that's what's going. Um. On. Um. When it comes to movie hmm. stuff, um, I also I know that you're kind of a Lego hmm. guy. And did you see that they came out? There are coming out with a Skyline GTR. Lego yeah, scene? I saw Craig Lieberman tweet about it, which is the worst oh, way really? to find out news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, yeah. it is the worst way to find out. Yeah, but I did see that. I <laughs> I have the Dom's Charger Lego Technic, uh, set which I built, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so I have that, and I will probably end up getting this Skyline GTR, even though it will be robbing. Excellent. Money from my daughter's college fund. <laughs> yeah. Anything I do for this podcast now is 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 just robbing dollars from my from my daughter's college fund. You know, so you really uh-huh. gotta think about it of like what that means. And, and yeah. if someone wants to throw yeah. us a buck, you know, patreon.com slash no one likes to do the podcast is right there. Yeah, you can reduce the impact of the sacrifice required in order to keep this thing going. Send a kid to college. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I saw that Skyline GTR thing coming out. I will probably get it, build it. You know, Mm -hmm. my daughter, she's five days old, so not quite. I don't think she's quite old enough for Legos. You know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. she'll get there. Yeah. In fact, at this point, probably Legos are a huge liability to uh, mm. a human of that particular Actually age less group. Less than you would think, because she can't move or walk or do anything by herself at all. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. She's really very immobile. Um, yeah. So her only method mm. of like getting around is like someone picks her up and moves her around. We're okay. Right uh-huh. Yeah. And if you eat like a little right. bit, we're going to have to move some stuff around, but we're all right. Yeah. Exciting. Very exciting stuff, man. Very weird, exciting stuff. I do feel like I'm this, like, I feel the, like the same person after mm-hmm. watching Too Fast, Too Furious. No. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> but it's weird. weird. Anyway, it's very strange yeah. that, like, I have a daughter. It's crazy. Well, sounds like you'll have some time to, uh, you know, figure yeah, we're it out. All chilling, we're all chilling here at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what stood out to you about this movie this week? We have to spend mm. some time. All here. right, I got a couple. Okay, uh, I got a couple here. Small one. So you know, after the uh, initial race, Tej is interacting with Suki, and uh, he says, "Hey." When are you going to come around and pop my clutch? And do you remember what Suki says in response to that? She says, maybe when you get around to something else. I can't quite remember what it is, right? <laughs> she says, yeah, she says, uh, well, you know, uh, we'll have to wait till I get the right set of tools. Which makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make a single lick of sense. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know what? Just like the euphemism pop my clutch. Uh-huh. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. Is your right. dick the clutch? 
<laughs> You're letting it out abruptly, right? Popping the clutch is letting out the clutch abruptly. And I think the response implies that popping the clutch is breaking something. Yeah, you're letting it out. I mean, are you just sort of using the, the, the motion of the clutch popping out when you take your foot off of it as in a comparison to sort of like the, um, I guess the like so transfer, the, the, the immediate transformation of a flaccid into erect penis? <laughs> I think yes. I think that is okay. the intent okay. of that particular phrase from Tej Tusuki. Right. Right. And then she was like, I don't have the set of tools for that. Which is like, what does yeah. that mean? You know what I mean? That either means nothing or it means something kind of insulting. Or not insulting, but just like uh-huh. weird. You know, she's just, yeah. Yeah. She's not good at yeah, insults or like sort of like the sort of <laughs> back and forth. No one in this movie is, right. is the thing. Like, this is a very mm-hmm. weird movie. I think we're hitting on something here. I'm sniffing. We're sniffing around something. No mm-hmm. one in this is a weird movie where it almost takes place in an alternate reality. But the only thing that exi- that's different, it's almost a mirror reality of our own, except mm-hmm. that no one knows how to like playfully banter with each other whatsoever. <laughs> right? It's as though like an alien. They're all robot aliens that made up an AI of how to talk back and forth to each other. And none of them actually mm-hmm. know how to do it very well. Like, right. When they're playing poker, <laughs> and Suki puts down her cards, like everybody's like, ah, oh, damn, like, you know, like full house, beat that. And mm-hmm. then Suki's like, you know, I got you on the next one. <laughs> What? I'm gonna give you my. I'm gonna give you all of my money in the pot right now. But I'm gonna come up with some more. Give it to you next time. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Which I is, guess it makes sense right. in a context of like you know I got you on the next one. Like I'm gonna win next time. But mm-hmm. no one would ever say that after losing a poker hand. Mm-hmm. You know they'd be like. Fuck! How am I gonna pit my kid through college? Um, no, it's like it, 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 the, the the banter here, and then all the banter between Brian and Roman in this mm-hmm. movie is like, what are you guys doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> what you got, bro? Um. Like, <laughs> You know, it's just this strange, weird alternate universe that I don't really understand. And maybe there's a culture in which people like this, like maybe in racing culture in 2003, people like this talk to each other like this. I don't know. Uh I don't know. (laughs) I find it hard to believe that that would be the case. Yeah. I think uh, to build off of that, there are... um, Many moments throughout the series where racers, people, are trying to size each other up, whether it's in advance of a street race or if they're dealing with larger, you know, mob bosses, criminal masterminds, that sort of thing. And this movie 
what becomes noticeable after many watches is there's a fine line between cool and cringe. And this movie, for some reason, I mean, maybe not for some reason, but, you know, this movie, the dialogue and the way it's delivered certainly falls on the side of cringe. Mm -hmm. But they do it so often throughout this movie that it almost seems purposeful. And I think along that line, I drew an interesting, like, what seemed to be interesting, a connection between two scenes. This one in this one and one in the Fast and the Furious. And if you imagine Verone and Brian O'Connor sizing each other up at the Pearl at midnight, mm-hmm. they're in the back room. They've got the, uh, the cop guy on the table over here. And in that moment where Verone is like, she's beautiful, isn't mm-hmm. she? She's beautiful. And she? Brian's there. He goes, yeah. Um, in that moment, if I look at the scene, it almost draws a parallel to me to the original Fast and the Furious when um, Dom and Brian have just escaped the um, the cops. They've gotten um, intercepted by Johnny Tran, and they arrive back at the at what is it thirteen twenty six? Uh, thirteen twenty. And yeah. Dom is there. Yeah, and Dom is there. So in in both scenarios, Brian O'Connor is in the wolf's den, mm-hmm. all right? He's there interacting with the boss. Yeah. And in that moment, Verone is, yeah, in that moment, Brian O'Connor is there showing sort of what keeps him cool under right. pressure, all right? With Verone, it's like, you know what? I am going to say, yeah, yeah, you know what? Your lady is beautiful, and I recognize that, and that's his show of... Um, just like awareness of the situation, and you know, he's he's kind of standing his ground. And I think it, it, the parallel there between that and the and the Toretto house scene right. is like Dom's there, and he goes, "You know what? You can have any beer you want, as long as it's Corona." And he's there, and he not only is engaging with Dom, but he's like also he's fucking with Vince, um, who he doesn't like fucking yeah. with Vince, and exactly. Like, sort of the and, same in the club in four. Right, mm-hmm. similar vibe. Mm-hmm. There is like I don't know if this is real. This is classic sort of spy tradecraft here, which I don't know if it actually is, but I do. It is a lot in the Le Carre novels I read, the spy novels that I read. Mm-hmm. Lie the least amount possible. You know what I mean? Because if you're in mm-hmm. the the wolf's den, as you say. And like, you got to be juggling. If you're you're already going to be juggling a bunch of lies in your head, make sure you keep things straight. And like every time you lie is an opportunity for someone to find you out, right? So like when you're mm-hmm. in the club and Barone is like, "She's beautiful, isn't she?" Just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's beautiful. Yes, I was definitely looking at her. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, we were mm-hmm. flirting before. I don't think this guy's going to kill me right now. So, like, I'm just going to tell the truth so that this is not something I need to worry about keeping up. You know what I mean? I have mm-hmm. a thousand other dangerous things to think about. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Brian. Yeah. And I think Brian O'Connor works I think it. Brian O'Connor is the He works it, and that's, 
in these all these movies. He's mm-hmm. just the best under pressure. And he knows it. That's what he said. And, um, and for, you know, that's what they yeah. paid me to do. Yeah. 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 That's why the FBI recruited me. <laughs> it's why the, no, Carol, it's why the FBI recruited him. It is. <laughs> I lie every day. <laughs> I'm the best at it. So. I'm the best at it. That's what I do. <laughs> so, yeah. Brian yeah. O'Connor, the character himself, he's a master. He's a master. Um, one thing I really like about this sequel, I guess, is that like it speaks to sort of a moment of time in movie making time of like, yeah, fuck it, let's just make a sequel. What's like Vin? Mm-hmm. Vin doesn't want to come back. Okay, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we'll work with like what we got. Like fine. <laughs> like fuck it. We got cars. Great. Like <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, yeah, let's just make it work. And like do something like fun. What was fun about the original? It was like sexy and there's fast cars and like bright colors and like vibes. Great, let's do that. Mm-hmm. It's like who gives a fuck what the plot is or like who's there is like, you know. At this point, that was the case. Now it's so tied to sort of IP and characters and brands and blah 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 blah. That, you know, that kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. But it was great. That's all. I think it's great that they just made Do it you work. think hmm. Do you think one of the things that was at play in 2003 was that we weren't we weren't really using the internet as much for, you know, talking shit. Hmm. Uh doing movie reviews like, you know, kind of Rotten Tomatoes either didn't exist or at least was in its very infancy and the opinions of movies were kind of like driven by your um eberts and you know other than that people were able to i don't know i feel like people's either their opinions were they probably had opinions about movies but they weren't shared as widely so you could you could make a sequel and you could sort of like make some general assumptions like hey we're gonna make some money that seems like people like this movie it's good to go in comparison today where the amount of data around whether or not people are going to enjoy or not enjoy a movie is just that much more readily right. available. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe it was like just less. I mean, there was definitely like focus grouping and, and you know, testing and all that sort of tracking back then. But yeah, I don't know. Um I also just think there was a reliance on less reliance on like established IP basically. And mm-hmm. like they weren't as beholden to like what had been established before and what people responded to before. And they were like, yeah, the fast and furious is great. And it made a bunch of money. It was a big hit. But like, was that because of Vin Diesel? I don't know. You know, was that because of the character Dom Toretto? Like, mm-hmm. no. Who knows? Like, but I think the attitude yeah. in 2003 was like, no. It was because it's like sexy fast cars and hot babes and bikinis. You know what I mean? And like teenage boys <laughs> respond to that. I think that was more uh-huh. the like thought about it. And like where the culture shifted in terms of, I mean, the movies have shifted into superhero movies, right? Because the culture has shifted mm-hmm. into superhero uh, culture. 
right? So, like, I just think it's, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just more a reflection of, like, them just being like, okay, we're just going to put some fast cars and some hot babes and, like, we'll write a shitty story and it'll be fine. Which mm-hmm. I like that. And attitude. we can show it. You know, I know it's like right. it's like hyper capitalism <laughs> cash grab bullshit, but like I almost would definitely prefer that to to like <laughs> the mushy CGI laden superhero epics that we get now in Fast and Furious. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and this kind of goes back to something that you talk about frequently. Is it more of the it's less of a case of uh you know, audience reception more in terms of where the money's going and, you know, the chasm between making a, you know, mega million um, theater picture versus something that's going to go to Netflix right. or to Amazon Prime or right. something. That the money gap is the really gap what drives the. Uh, yeah. The money gap is huge. Mm-hmm. And the money zone that this movie lands in doesn't exist anymore. Right. Like, the yeah. budget of this movie, I can't quite remember, but I think it's somewhere around 40. And, like, it just doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the mid-budget action movie that gets a wide theatrical release that's $40 million. It's just, like, it just doesn't exist. So, mm-hmm. I think that's a problem. I mean, we're just getting in the same conversation we have every fucking week here now. But... <laughs> Um, you know, um, I think like they're not scared, you know, their studios are obviously still scared about money, but like when they invest in a project, they're like, n- they, they spent $250 million on a project, right? It, they're not, there's the sort of great thing about this movie a little bit is that it's like kind of cheap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like in its cheapness, the creators and artists who made it sort of had to find clever solutions to some things, you know, and like had to find quick, easy ways of doing things and had to like work around the thing that we weren't going to get pay enough for Vin Diesel to ever come back. So it's just not going to happen. And mm-hmm. like he doesn't want to do it. So we have to cre- find a creative, you know, budget conscious solution to that problem. Right. So limits on, I, I, I talk about this a lot. Like, when I talk to people in my industry, especially young people in my industry, is that like limits on creativity are a good thing. Like someone sits you down with a pencil and says like, make anything you want. It's a disaster. It's for me, it's generally a disaster because it's like, if I'm not thinking, I need some framework to the creativity that I'm going to create. And a lot of times in movies, that framework comes from schedule and budget. You know, it's like, what can we do? for how much money we have in the time mm-hmm. frame that we have. And those limits are often good, you know? It, I'm not saying they're always good, but they're often good, and they force people into places that they would never normally go because they wouldn't need to spend the time sitting at their desk thinking, like, how the fuck am I going to make this happen with the amount of money and the amount of... Like, I just, you know, and like trying to squeeze something into that space. And a lot of times that squeezing produces dog shit, where you can see it and you're like, oh, this is really cheap and bad looking. But sometimes that squeezing and that pressure really creates something special, you know? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of John Carpenter films, right? Do you know who John Carpenter is? John Carpenter was like a no. 
is a big time horror director. Still alive. Hmm. Directed the original Halloween and like, um, you know, the thing and just like a bunch of those, like the fog, the thing, you know, and the guy had perennially, Mm -hmm. perennially no money, like just no money, but he was so inventive in the way he shot things and the way he created things and the effects he used and like the money that he spent that, you know, those movies are magic, but I don't think they would have been magic if he had the amount of money that he needed from the outset. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's sort of that. And I think that that's had effect on this franchise. It's just like there's so much money that like Justin Lin or Louis Leterrier can solve every problem they need to by putting more money. Right. It's not a great environment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my rant from now. Do you want to do some shout outs or you got more stuff? Mm. We can touch on this briefly. It may turn into something. Could be a nothing. But did you watch this David Litch bullet train yet? Did I watch bullet train? Mm-hmm. What about David Lynch? Director. David Lynch, Holy who directed right. I you said da- Hobbs okay. and Shaw. Okay. Yes. Yes, I watched bullet train. Did you watch bullet train? I did, like... Yesterday, and what two days do you ago. think of the bullet train? <laughs> uh, based on the title, I thought it was going to be a Snowpiercer type movie, which in some ways it was, but it, it was different enough where uh, really the connection is not right. there. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Brad Pitt's performance, and I think, um, yeah, it was sufficiently gory and. Um, you know, satisfyingly self self referential, which was like fine, mm-hmm. but yeah, and it was like colorful in a way that I got a somewhat I got a new TV over here, so I was able to enjoy the visual aspects. Nice. Of this movie. Yeah, I think it was a movie. I'm very glad I saw on my television. That's mm-hmm. a little how I feel about it. I not that I like didn't enjoy it, but it was like a sort of windless action movie, you know, and um, mm-hmm. had some good times. I will, to his credit, I do want to give a little special, whatever, to um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is an actor I am hot and cold on. Uh, oh. He plays one of the twins. Yeah. Okay. So the twins are played by Brian Tyree Henry, who's in Atlanta, and um, I th- yeah, Paperboy. Yeah, Paperboy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, he's in Eternals, which, by the way, is a good movie that more people Ooh. should see. And if you think it's a bad movie, <laughs> you are wrong. That's an incorrect opinion. It's very good. Um, uh huh. Bullet train. So the twins, but like Aaron Taylor Johnson, I'm like very hot and cold on. And I watched the trailer to this movie and like, I saw him doing his like weird sort of classed up guy, Richie Cockney thing in the trailer. And I was like, this motherfucker is going to be annoying as hell in this movie. And by the end of the movie, he kind of won me over. 
I was like kind of yeah. <laughs> into him by the end of the movie. I was like, oh, he's like an endearing guy. You know, I was like, I was into it. Um, so I will shout out to that. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It just, it felt like it's referencing a lot of stuff that I'm not a huge fan of, that I know some people are fans of. Like, there's a lot of Guy Ritchie in there. There's a lot of Zack Snyder in Bullet Train. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. am I the biggest Zack Snyder guy in the whole universe? Probably not. Um, yeah, you know, and David Leach, Leach, Lynch, Lynch, who knows? It's like he does fine. Yeah, there's a lot of John Wick in there too, obviously, because same, same guy. So, mm-hmm. and again, not the biggest, not the biggest John Wick guy. So, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dang. Um, uh-huh. yeah, but like of his movies. Is this my favorite? Could this be like top my list of? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see. Is this like my favorite? Leech, Leech, Leech. Could be. So producer John Wick, Atomic yeah, Blonde. I'm to go straight to director here and see where where he's at. Mm-hmm. So, in in chronological order, working up to Bullet Train. Let's go, John Wick. Mm-hmm. Uh, producer, uncredited director. It says. Hmm. I think the story is Chahelski started and got fired. Like Chad Chahelski got fired, basically. Hmm. And had this guy take over. Studio had this guy take over. I don't really know. All right, so John Wick. Right? Fine. Atomic Blonde, a movie that's less successful than it maybe should be. Right? Mm-hmm. Charlie's kicking butt. Gunplay sounds like it's going to be tons of fun. I, I just feel like the movie has no. <sighs> Deadpool two, a yeah. horrendous picture in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> a movie I truly just detest. Do you like Deadpool two? Are you a Deadpool mm-hmm. two guy? Mm, no. no, I don't think so. I think Deadpool Deadpool falls in the category of movies that I will watch, but yeah. Not unranked. Uh, and hard to believe Deadpool 2 is not his uh, worst movie, though, because uh, right after Deadpool mm-hmm. 2 is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, <laughs> a horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible movie. Right, then, right. A universal yeah, turd, universal by turd. all accounts. So I'd say, like, yeah, probably my favorite Leech, Leech movie. I mean, if you count John Wick... <laughs> It still might edge it out uh-huh. over John Wick for me. I'm not sure. I'm not. But yeah. again, I'm not the biggest John Wick guy in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you, you liked it generally? You thought it was good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we touched on it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I generally, I generally liked it. I've had a worse totally. time watching other movies. Totally. So it was a yeah. perfect movie it was good. for me to throw on my TV on a Sunday afternoon and like pay attention to, but not care that it's a little sunny outside and I don't get like the great, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't have the greatest, <laughs> you know, whatever. That yeah. was like, for me, that was like it, you know, that's a perfect description and okay. let's go with that. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly the level of recommendation we can totally. make this 
Totally. Movie. <laughs> do you want to? Uh, do you got any sh- things to shout out to this week? Yeah. Okay. So quick shout out. I touched on this. I I got a new TV. It's I I didn't pay for it. I inherited this TV, but it's better than the one that I had. Uh, but the shout out here is to um. I don't even know what to categorize it as, but I was having trouble getting rid of my old TV, which was like a 2000, let's call it 14, just like a 40 inch Samsung 1080. 1080. Couldn't get rid of this thing on Craigslist. No bite. This is for 100. Dropped it down. 80, 60, 40. Nobody wants this thing. Uh, But the shout out here is if you are interested in getting rid of a TV. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to be like, if you're interested in purchasing a television, I have one for sale. No, no, because. No one likes to do a podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. I'm fully aware that this TV is worthless, but even your most worthless items um, could be useful to a public school in your neighborhood. Oh, nice. All right. So the shout out here is if you're looking to get rid of something like a functional TV, which looks great, then like call up your local public school and they are more than welcome to take something like that. And I had an awesome interaction with some of their staff and the principal wheeled this thing over, got a lot of thank yous. And I feel really good about doing that. And um, yeah, it was tough having this crappy TV. Um. Honestly, it wasn't myself. Jess suggested it, but yeah, That's it was a makes the big great bucks. idea, and I That's wanted to why share she it with makes you guys. The big bucks. Exactly. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right, so donate to your local public school. Get a good feeling in your heart. Yeah. Love it. Exactly. Love it. Um, what did you? Enough about these dumb kids. What did you replace your TV with? What kind of TV did you get? Uh, it's not too crazy. It's like a TCL. I think it's like a 50. Mm, nice. It might not be a 55, but it's 4K and um, it's got Roku built into Black it. Friday I, I didn't. This is actually something we we just inherited this one from gotcha, Jess's gotcha, parents gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. as they are evacuating the premises, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. moving. We took this so, off of their hands. Okay. I have a Toshiba yeah. I'm dying to get rid of. So maybe uh yeah. maybe when I <laughs> call up a good local public school. Local. Yeah. Um right, I want to shout out to Green Bay Midwives. That's mm. my shout out. Yo, Excellent. They were cool. Glenda and Louise. They were awesome. Basically, oh, Abby, it didn't mm-hmm. end up being Glenda and Louise. It was Glenda and Abby came. But um Straight up, like, the most amazing shit I've ever seen in my life. These people. And, like, I mm-hmm. went to all these fucking classes. And classes really were not fun. <laughs> at all. I really dislike them. But uh-huh. I went, and I'm like, whatever. I'm like, eh, I'm never going to need shit. And then we got to the point, and I was like, oh, I know th- this. I know about this. I know about this. I know about this. <laughs> and then it was like, whatever. And then... She's just there, and she's like, chill. I needed her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I needed this person there. Because I'm Uh sitting there in the living room. My wife is outside, right? She's just, like, chilling by a tree. Her sister's there. Like, they're chatting it up. Things are really happening, but, like, you know, 
things are really happening. So like, I'm like mm-hmm. looking outside. I'm looking at my wife, who's like, you know, contract. She's having contractions, <laughs> fucking like massive ones. You know, like nuts. Like the baby is uh-huh. coming down. You know what I mean? Like, is the, her uterus is like pushing it out? Okay. No, uh-huh. I'm a little freaking out. And then, like, I'm in the house, and I look over, and, like, Glenda's, like, on her laptop, just chilling out. I'm like, everything okay? She's like, yeah, I can see her. She's fine. <laughs> like, when it's we good. need to get, get her inside, yeah. we'll get her inside. It's like, it's all good, basically. It was just, like, so nice to have these like, to have Glenda there, and she was amazing. So, like, mm-hmm. a super shout-out, super thank you. Great job. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Midwife is not there just for the uh, person giving birth. It's there for they're yeah, there for the, the whole experience yeah, and, uh, and everything. You know, yeah. it was awesome. Everybody sort of was there together doing it, and uh, with my wife leading the charge, and uh, you know, we had it happened. Nuts. Anyway, that's it. If you want to. Um, Share with us any of your birth stories. <laughs> you could do that at Noel's Podcast <laughs> and on Twitter, N O L D T Podcast. No one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. No one likes the tuna podcast on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you catch your pods. And uh, patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. We're going to put up an in betweener poll this week. I promise. I promise. So that'll be for. We're going to do. The Fast and the Furious, 2001, next week. And then the week after that, we'll do some kind of in-betweener. That'll be it. Sounds like fun. Congrats again, my friend. And uh, I'll catch you in a couple for uh, The Fast and the Furious.